to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome once again to Freedom to Choose. And uh, this is our new series, Parables and Object Lessons. And this is uh, actually program number one in the series, so... If you're looking for a reference, that would be it. And uh, so when we get, we're going to get started on it right, right out the gates. Uh, words are symbols of ideas, aren't they? Yes. Should we go ahead? You want to pray first? Should we pray? Or? You want to pray first? Probably. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's pray first. Okay, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for an opportunity to speak about your kingdom and your principles and and how you desire to reach our hearts and to change them. Um, all for your honor and glory. So please be with us and with the people listening, and um, may nothing but good come out of our our discussion. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Susan, what is a parable? A parable. A parable is kind of a story that um, uh, shows... um, uh, it's a simple story that shows an illustration of a moral understanding or a principle that that is trying to be taught. Is okay. That right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a simple story that that illustrates a spiritual lesson, right? Okay. Um, like the parable of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of that parable, it's going to as you read the entire parable, uh, what message really kind of comes through to you on that one? Well, I think there's all kinds of messages. There's, there's I know a lot, from, isn't there? I, yeah, I know that for me, you know, having been totally away from God, that I can see myself in the prodigal son's role of of coming back and how God accepts me, and okay. and that there's hope not just for people like you know for people like me out there. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. Now, for me, the story tells me because you see, there's two sons in it, right? And they both had the father's character wrong. That's right. what the story tells me. So, you know, it's just good, you, you know, and, and a parable is not necessarily a metaphor, but what, what would a metaphor be? So a metaphor definition is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which is not literally applicable. Okay, he's like, uh, today I wasn't kind of, I was a little bit off today, so today my elevator is not going all the way to the top. You're not you're not operating operating with a full deck of yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, don't look <laughs> in my ear to look for an elevator. You know okay, what I'm saying? Right. But, but see, it's something that's unrelated. But a metaphor actually draws a word picture. Right. Yeah. So don't be looking for an elevator. Or don't be looking for a deck of cards. But you get what's going on. Right. Or know? somebody calls you. I can't because I'm all tied up this I'm, afternoon. Yeah. 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 That's right. yeah. That's good. That's okay. a metaphor. Okay, so, and then one other thing that we probably want to talk about, what's an object lesson? The object lesson is a striking is a striking practical example of some principle or ideal. 
They responded to emergencies in a way that was an object lesson to us all. Okay, and then so we would, and I, I took, you know, that would actually, I got that definition and uh, out of the dictionary, and so I took that definition. I said, okay, biblically, what would that be? And I, and I kind of put it this way. The way Jesus treated the woman caught in adultery is an object lesson to us all about how we should treat others. Right. You see, and so we're going to be talking about parables, metaphors, and object lessons in this series, and the Bible is just chock full of them. Well, and it's it's really awesome because when you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, Jesus' whole life is a demonstration of how we're to treat other yeah, people. Yeah, it's, it's an object right. lesson, yeah. and, and we can just learn from so many different things. Uh, in Christ's parable teaching, the same principle is seen as in his own mission to the world, that we might become familiar with his divine character in life. Christ took our nature and dwelt among us. Divinity was revealed in humanity. The invisible glory in the, in, in the, in the visible human form. That's right. So humanity can learn the unknown through what they can see. Exactly. So heavenly things were revealed through um, the earthly. And God was made manifest to man, and he became a man to be just like men. So it was Christ's teaching, that that unknown, that illustrated the known. And so we can learn by all of his examples the divine truths that he was trying to communicate to us through his parables and through his life example. By what we could see and touch, he illustrated what we couldn't see and touch. Right. Yeah, that's good. And so... And the scripture says, all these things spoke Jesus unto the multitude in parables, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. That's Matthew 13, 34, and 35. Right, and in the parables that Jesus taught with, the natural things were the avenue to the spiritual the things of nature and the ex- life experience of the people that heard him were connected to the truths that that were of the written word. So it led us from the natural world to the spiritual kingdom. Christ's parables are the link. It's kind of like the link and the chain to the truth that helps connect connects us with man God. with God, right? Yeah. With earth, with heaven. So with our earthly minds, with the heavenly scope yep. of things. Yeah. You know, because I think so much, I'm not, I don't know about the rest of the listeners, but my husband knows that sometimes, you know, the cares of this world can, for me, can, and I'm sure for you too, Rich, can really engulf our minds and to keep our minds full so that we kind of forget about the heavenly things. But if we can look around like Christ did, he constantly says, you know, look at this, look at that. We can tie heaven to earth by the... And and I think that that's, that's the really... Um, you know, the key for um, to have the peace is to be able to look beyond what we see and what we think we know mm-hmm. to that heavenly realm that we don't know necessarily or understand, but we can see in the examples of in the Word. Yeah, where God leads us. Yeah, because in 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 Jesus's teaching from nature, he was speaking of the things, of course, which his own hands had made. So in their original perfection, all created things were an expression of the thought of God. To Adam and Eve in their Edom home, uh, nature was full of the knowledge of God, and they communed, they communed with God in his created works. And you even imagine walking in the Garden of Eden with God, with everything being perfect. I mean, you know, it just spoke. I mean, because that's—I I think of—I think of—I I mean, I think of weird stuff, but I, I think of, like, 
God coming to you with a raccoon mm-hmm. and saying, or you see him come to Adam, Adam. Before, I, it, before it was Yeah, like before a, it yeah. was marred with sin. Right. I like this. Do you like it too? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go off the rails, but even a banana. Mm-hmm. You know, peel it, eat it. I like this. Do you like this too? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. All the little, it, all the little things. It's, it's because I would imagine if he wanted to, he could have made everything alike, all the animals alike, all the food alike. But look at look the, at the variety, diverse, the diversity. And it just shows us. It tells us about God. You know, I like this. Do and you the, like it? And too? the complexity. Oh yeah. Of things. Yeah. The smaller the animal gets, believe it or not, the more complex it gets. You ever seen a flea under a microscope? It's incredible, mm-hmm. you know, or even the operation of the human eye and yeah. how it's got all these things that that you're dependent upon in order to be able to see color and yeah. movement and depth yeah. and everything. It just yeah. is amazing the complexity. So you were with uh, you were working with our new baby donkey today. What were you doing with him? Because I mean, oh, I, you know, you you want to get yeah. calmed down, just go hang out with the donkeys because they're therapeutic, man. Well, They're, he absolutely, but of course, he's, was he untherapeutic? Well, he no, he was definitely <laughs> therapeutic, but he is three weeks old and he's very small because he's a miniature donkey, and so he's just figuring out, you know, that he's got legs that he can kick and yeah, and he's pretty fast, but he's yet he's not quite in control of everything, and so he runs and he kicks and he, you know, and he does that kind of right really close to you because he gets really excited. So we're practicing right now on. On, um, you know, he needs to learn how to put a halter on, not to be afraid of it, and to be able to, um, you know, to be able to um, touch his legs and lift his legs. So, because we have a farrier that will come out so to a trim lot of stuff, the hooves. A lot, so, just in the learning process, yeah. there it says something about God, right? Because we're all everything is a learning process, even with the animals, right? You know, there's instinct, but yes. then there is the learning process, right? You know, and just speaking of 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 you know, walking in the garden and that kind of stuff. I mean, we go on our hikes, don't we? Uh, we go up to Auburn. We go down in the canyon. And, and I've got to thinking about our hiking and whatnot. And mm-hmm. and I got to thinking, what would it be an object lesson do, because of the hiking? And I, and I got to thinking, you know, even though it's hard to go uphill, because I, I really don't like going downhill mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. right? Because you got to come uphill. <laughs> I, well, well, but but... It seems like it's more tiring to go uphill, but it's in some sense it's easier. Mm-hmm. Going downhill is sh- especially when it's steep and it's rocky. Right. It, the you, footing is unsure. Yeah, as you're going down, and I think life is that way too. Mm-hmm. You know, you start sliding down, and it's scary, and it's and it's almost can take you over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you can get turned around and head head back up. Because the footing it, is the almost footing sure is better, right? right. And, and and you know, and of course, there's that goal of the of the view at the top of the that you, you know that you're after when you get there. You know what what's the saying? The the mountains are for the views, the mountaintops are for views, but the fruit is grown in the valley, right? Yeah. So life is like that, you know. So when we go on hikes, we're we're talking about things like that. Yeah, and so so we love the view at the top, but you know, if we're not ever in the valleys, the character doesn't grow. Yeah. That's kind of like the the object lesson yeah. or the metaphor of that of that statement. Yeah, and of course we we do take our little walks at night um, in the evening after dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you know, so last night I had 
Susan was laughing at me. I had this flashlight taped to my hat so that we... Well, it's dark now. It's dark. Early. Yeah, she wasn't laughing at the fact that it was a light. The fact that it was taped to my hat, that was kind of funny. So we're out there walking in the dark. But see, there's there's a lesson there too because if you're going to walk in the dark and you don't have light, you're going to get hurt, mm-hmm. right? And this planet is dark. Mm-hmm. This planet is dark. And, and Jesus instructs us to walk in the light as he is in the light. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not saying we're going to have peace with the devil, but we will have peace with the with God if we walk in the light like he is in the light. Right. And I think, too, you know, what what I think about when we're on our, our, our walks is sometimes we'll hear a little frog. Uh-huh. You know, so it's the little things. Or screech owl. Yeah, right, because yeah. we hear a lot of those. A lot and, of stuff. And, or the cats. Sometimes our cats, we have we have a little bit of property, and our cats will walk with us. And so yeah, they'll catch we up with us around. Cats. They'll catch us around the corner and, and yeah. jump out at us. And I never heard anybody walking a cat, but we got two cats that walk with us yeah. at night. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and as I was mentioning that the planet is dark, and that's what happened when Adam and Eve broke trust with God. In the garden, the brightness from the face of God departed from the face of nature. And the earth is now marred and defiled by sin. Yet even in its blighted state, much that's beautiful remains. God's object lessons are not obliterated, but rightly understood, nature speaks of her creation. Right, because Jesus came to kind of pull that veil aside that sin is cast over the exactly. face of nature, that sin is cast over the face of man. Mm-hmm. You know, he came to bring into view the spiritual glory of all the things that were, that all of all things that were created to reflect that glory. Um, his words place the teachings of nature as well as the Bible in a new aspect and can make them like a new revelation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, 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 if you've listened to this program often enough, you see you'll, you'll see that we say in the garden that Adam broke trust with God. That he not that he disobeyed, but he broke trust. And just for example, Susan and I have a really good relationship. But if she goes takes the credit card and buys a trip to Jamaica without letting me know, she's breaking my trust, right? And or, breaking the bank. And no. breaking the bank, <laughs> right? Right. And and if you were, and I guarantee you. It would be awfully dark in our house for a while. You'd be able to cut the air with with scissors. You know what I'm saying? Because or, when or, you or cut the credit card with scissors, would well, be that would go be a too. Thing. But see, this is what happens: is a natural result when people break trust. The air right. gets when you're, thick, and, and things the, get ugly right. and dark. And the thing is, is that um, you know, Adam and God were united. Yeah, and just they were like best you, friends, and just like you and I are united and best friends. But if if we decide to break away on our own, yeah, in a direction that isn't a united front vision, yeah, or yeah, then then there's definitely damage. And because the thing is, is there's damage. You know, if I was to do that without your knowledge, there would be damage to me. To you too, yeah. That's right. And Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Remember, he prays and he, that they would be one like you and I are one. He wants a united front. He wants everybody on the same page, but we're estranged from God. Well, and you know? I think the thing is, is, you know, you always talk about in the beginning and the end. In the beginning... Yeah, man is with God in the garden, and in the end, man is with God in heaven, and all the rest of the Bible is man running from God and God chasing after man because it's dark down here. We're we're giving him the the palm of the hand, telling him talk to the hand. God, so we're we saying no thanks, no thank right. you. You know, and he's given us the freedom to say no thanks. He's, right. he's, you know, 
And do you remember Jesus, when Jesus, he, he plucked that lily and he placed it in the hands of the children and as they looked into his face, he gave the lesson, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon, even in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Then followed the sweet assurance and the important lesson, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Yeah, I know. And you know what's really interesting is that those words on the Sermon on the Mount were spoken to the children and to the multitude. Mm -hmm. And among that multitude, there were men and women that were full of worries and perplexities and aching with, yeah, just like us. Yep, aching with disappointment and sorrow, just like it is in the world today. And so he's telling this, this story and and trying to assure people if if he can produce a lily and it's glorious yeah. and nothing nothing a human being can do can can create that we can't lily. even unfold a rose that's right God's we'll, ru- do we'll that. ruin it right right and so he's saying I you know that's what I created how much more can I care for you yeah so and then look at his look at his object lesson here because he's talking about okay you can't create this and this is way better than. Solomon's get up. You right. know what I'm saying? So now based on that, take no thought about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to be clothed for because I mean your heavenly Father knows what you need. And then spreading out his hands to the surrounding multitude he said, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you." And this is Matthew 6:28 through 33. His words are full of insurance, and, and what he's doing is he's using God's creation to build trust in God. And you think about it, can, can anyone, any human being feed all the planets, all the planets, all the birds on the planet No, in, we, for one day? No. I mean, I don't know how many birds there are, I don't even know what the weight is, but every, uh, I, I, I read that a bird in a day eats a quarter to half of its body weight. Right. I mean, the numbers would be staggering. That's a lot of bird seed, man. Right. Well, you know, so the other thing that we, it's not, they're not really our pets, but it is something that we care for. We have for. trouble keeping up with just feeding them. We we, we um, have hummingbirds yeah. that come and visit. And, you know, once you start feeding hummingbirds, you can't stop until they all leave. And the funny thing happened, none of them ever left. And this is like 20 years yeah, ago. It's been 20 and so. years we've had the, yeah. Uh, so we call somebody up, hey, what do you do with these hummingbirds? Well, when the last one leaves in the wintertime, you can take, you can the take feeders your feeders down. down. Well, they never left. And right. so and what do we have? 200 in the winter and about 500 in the summer or some ridiculous see. thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you got to be consistent. You got to mix up their, mix up their nectar and get it out there. And if you're gone, you got to make provision for them too. Yeah. So can you imagine that, you know, God takes care of all of the, all the birds. And you know what's interesting is um, there's a certain time of year that we have a, a certain kind of, of hummingbird that shows up, and it's the... It's a rufus. Right. Yeah, and he's, and he's They're a little, very territorial. Yeah, there's some other ones that are territorial, and I haven't identified them, but yeah, they'll just hang out and they'll watch a couple feeders, and they won't let anybody get on it. And they won't even eat from the feeder. So we take and we'll put two empty feeders there so they guard empty feeders. Right. And and so the thing is, is though, you know, we've we've looked at that and we've taken the object lesson from 
from what that bird does. Yeah. And it's kind of like he doesn't want it himself, but he won't let he won't anybody, anybody else, else get any. Yeah, it's just the epitome of selfishness, you know, chasing everybody else off the food. We do that with Christianity. We chase people away from Jesus sometimes, so worried about ourselves and and so worried about how how we're doing and and well and i think too is sometimes we can um worry about standards and our behavior yeah and making sure that we don't allow people to come into the circle that may ruin mm-hmm. um you know yeah. what we think may be the standard yeah and that's what i really love about jesus example was that he accepted any and all that were willing to come oh yeah you bet. I mean, you, the woman was throwing down adultery. She didn't have nothing on. So and he just accepted her the way she was, and he knew she was a broken, frightened little girl. Right. And God understands that. If you're a broken, frightened little boy or girl, God understands that. That's and he's right. with you all the way. Jesus sought a way into every heart by using a bunch of different illustrations, and, and, and there's just the Bible's chock full of them. He not only presented truth in its different phases— but he appealed to the different hearers. That's right. Their interest was aroused by figures drawn from the surroundings of their daily life. Everyone who listened, really listened to Jesus could feel that they were, um, could never feel that they were neglected or forgotten. The humblest, the most sinful, heard a voice that spoke to them in sympathy and tenderness. And that's what Christianity is all about, is sympathy and tenderness. Right. You know? Like we were saying before, we're worried about sins of commission. Sympathy and tenderness have to do with sins of omission. You know, we we choose not to be sympathetic. We choose not to be tender to someone. We choose not we to ch- minister to those exactly. in, in, in a place of need. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, That's what, and that's what Jesus is saying. That's what Christianity is all about, you know. And, of course, you have the parable of the— of the uh, Good Samaritan. Yeah, just so many things that cover this. Right. Um, he had another reason for teaching in parables. I'm not sure if we want to get into that. You know what? We can the... just just basically, uh, in a nutshell, the other reason for him teaching in the parables was so that the— because um, he always had spies. Right. There were always people after there him. There were always people after him. He always had spies. And can you imagine a spy running back to the Sanhedrin going— he told a parable about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. There's no power in that for the, you know. See, they were waiting for him to discount the temple or discount this or discount that or speak bad about this or or whatever. But as he told, a sower went forth to sow or um, a, a, land, a sheep was lost or a coin was lost or a king, or, you, you or know. Or when they asked questions of yeah. him, he always, ha- he always was able to diffuse the situation. Yeah. He never it's, incited yeah. anything. Right, and so no one could ever accuse him of speaking anything bad about uh, about their religion or their religious services. I mean, they, they tried in the end there claiming that he, you know, blasphemed God and you know, saying he could forgive sins and and whatnot, but for the most part, all these parables kept kept him protected, uh, protected from uh, those that wanted to persecute him and and those who wanted to make him uh, just just you know dig up stuff. Right. So our whole thing with this new series is uh, we're going to be talking about the parables and the object lessons. Creation is a great place to start because you can take the physical and relate it to the spiritual, 
And that's kind of where we're going to go down on this path. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to—I mean, nobody had to—after Jesus taught, nobody had to run to a learned doctor or go consult a dictionary or anything like that. It was very simple. It was very simple. Everybody could understand. And uh, he didn't direct the people to study men's theories about God, you know, and get confused with Latin terms like justification and sanctification. Nobody agrees on what they mean. And Paul never even used those terms. So, you know, they simply mean to be set right and kept right. But, you know, Jesus basically used the simple things in life as you look around at nature and, and you see, the, see things. And that's what he taught with. And he tied earth to heaven that way. And it's a beautiful thing. Now, uh, you, can, you can get a hold of us at www.justasiamministries.com. Dot com and drop us a line. We have a couple workbooks uh, that are available, uh, Seven Steps to Freedom, and Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? If you want one of those, Susan will ship one out to you. Uh, just give us a call, 645, uh, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.